0: you're looking good in your old age God bless oh my we got something in common we're granddaddies now ain't that something anybody here a granddaddy ain't that awesome and uh, man I hope we have about 30 of them before it's over Only got two children so they better get busy but it's good to be here tonight First Thessalonians chapter 5 and uh, it's so good to be back with the popes again And these are my Catholic friends, and I love them. I had some young ladies sing for us last night, and they were nuns. And so we've been to the nuns, we've been to the popes, and I guess tomorrow we'll eat the turkey, say amen. And it's good to have my lovely wife with me tonight, and her mother, we love her too, and her dad, glad to have them. And God bless this young couple. Saturday's the big day, son, and I can still talk to you after church and i uh, be glad to help you in a way I can. We had about seven or eight weddings in a row at our place and every, and, and I love the song and it seemed like every wedding though they were singing that song. It was real popular seven, eight years ago about, you know, what was God thinking when he made you? He must have been thinking of me. It's a great song. You don't like my singing, do you? <laughs> Anyway, we that at rehearsal that night. And that boy was about to faint. I mean, he was already about to faint at rehearsal. You stand out like that. And they were practicing that song. What was God thinking? I said, Son, I hope you don't wake up in the morning and think, Oh, God, what was I thinking of? <laughs> oh, my. And uh, somebody asked me, and this will really help you tonight getting ready to get married. Somebody said, Why is the guy so nervous? At the wedding. And I said, well, have you noticed the words the preacher makes that boy say? Better, worse. Rich, poor. Sickness. And then he ends it to death. (laughs) Oh, my. But I'm glad for you, my brother. And I love you, Pastor. I'm excited about this building. Praise God that God's going to let you build. It's a wonderful thing, and I appreciate you being in the service tonight. This is Thanksgiving, and I want to deal with that word thanks and giving thanks and thanksgiving in the light of three times it is mentioned, as well, as mentioned hundreds of times, but three particular times in the New Testament. And we'll draw a conclusion from it in just a moment. Look in 1 Thessalonians, chapter number five. Begin reading in verse number 16. Now, Dr. Sattler used to call this passage Steps to Canaan Land. I've often preached this passage as the ultimate Christian life. Steps to living a life that honors and pleases God. And I believe all of us tonight as a Christian have a desire to live a life that's honoring and pleasing to God. And he lists some things here tonight that will help us achieve that. 1 Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16, rejoice evermore. I believe that would please the Lord tonight if we would rejoice in the Lord and praise God. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. And I believe that pleased the Lord tonight for all of us to have a more, better, deeper prayer life. Then in verse 18, in everything give thanks. And notice what he adds to this. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, will read on. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, And abstain from all appearance of evil. And notice when we put these things in our life, what happens? And the very peace of God sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul uh, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus. So he's given us some things to help you and I live a life that pleases God. And right in the middle of it, he says, in everything, give thanks. I believe tonight an attitude of gratitude is well-pleasing to the Lord. In fact, it says in this text that it is the will of God concerning you. So the first thing I want to say about being thankful, it's God's will for our life. Now, the Bible is plain to tell us what the will of God is. Number one, he said, he would have all men to be saved. God is not a Calvinist. He would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. You suppose all men doesn't get saved. I promise you it won't be God's fault because he died for all. But it's God's will that you and I come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The Bible says it is the will of God that we abstain from fornication. It is God's will that we live a holy and a godly life. And right here in this text, it says it is the will of God for you and I to be thankful. I was doing a study a while back on the will of God and the will of God can be broken down in two divisions. There's what I call the personal will of God. There are some things that's between you and God alone. For instance, it's not God's will, everybody be a pastor. It's not God's will, everybody be an evangelist. Unless you're like me, you don't know which one you are. It's not God's will, everybody start a church or be a missionary. There are some things that's the will of God for you that's not the will of God for me. But then there is what I call the positional will of God. And I mean by that is just because you're saved, it's God's will. And it's God's will for everybody. Let me say it like this. There are some things that you don't have to pray about. It's God's will. You don't have to pray about praying. It's God's will. You don't have to pray about going to church. That's God's will. You don't have to pray about giving your tithes. That's God's will. You don't have to pray about living right. That's God's will. And here it says, being thankful. It is the will of God. It's the will of God for every believer. Just because we're saved, it is God's will. And you know why it is God's will tonight for all of us that are saved to be thankful? Because that's always something to be thankful for. That one day God in love and mercy and grace looked beyond our fault and saw our need. And not because of us, but in spite of us, he saved us and sealed us and secured us And we're on our way to heaven tonight. And I'm glad because of that, we can be thankful. It is the will of God that you and I have an attitude of gratitude. You remember that story where Jesus cleansed those lepers? But only one came back to thinking. But thank God, at least that one came back. The thank the Lord for the cleansing that he experienced. And I want to be that one that's faithful to bow up the feet of Jesus and say, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Thank you, Lord, for the goodness and the kindness and the grace and the mercy and the love that you have bestowed upon me. I believe one of the sins of our day. In fact, the apostle Paul in Second Timothy chapter number 3 said it was one of the signs of the perilous times that men would be unthankful and unholy. Have you noticed he put unthankful right in the middle of unholy? And I believe it's unholy to be unthankful. I may not be worthy tonight and I may not be everything I ought to be tonight, but I want to be grateful for the goodness of God that He has bestowed upon my life, I watch people go to restaurants and fill up plates. I mean, so full they need sidewalls, and just dive in like a hog, and never thank the Lord for their food. If they do, they're doing it really silent, with their eyes open and looking around. Man, I believe I ought to be thankful. They ought to went went out to eat one time with Carl Hatch and that would have cured their being timid and saying the blessing. My wife is a very quiet, dignified person. I told her the other day, I said, you'd have made a great Presbyterian. You'd have made a great Presbyterian preacher's wife. She said, well, I'm married to a loud mouth Baptist, so shut up and get it over. But she's real shy and timid and, we went out to eat one night with Dr. Hatch, Shoney's, packed full of people, and he said, "Hey, y'all, I'm getting ready to ask the blessing. Anybody got a prayer request?" <laughs> I looked at Mrs. Arthur's like, "You said what were you doing?" I was looking at the menu. Did you see what I wanted? To-? I was out there with Brother Hatch one time with Brother Charles Wright, and the waitress came over there, and he said. She said, sir, you keep looking down at your plate. What's wrong? He said, I'm praying over my food. She said, well, is it something wrong with it? He said, oh, no, ma'am, I'm praying over it. She didn't understand that. She said, you're praying over your food? Is something wrong with it? He said, ma'am, I'm thanking God for it. And then he seen he had a little inroad. He said, but I do have a problem. And she said, what is that? He said, I got salvation, and I don't know how to get rid of it. She said, did you get it in Shoney's? He said, no. He said, you better go get the manager. She went and got the manager, Brother Steve. The manager came over there and said, sir, what's the problem? He said, I got salvation, and I don't know how to get rid of it. And the manager said the same thing. He said, you didn't get it in here, did you? And about three tables over was a little Church of God lady. Had her hair in her bun and everything. She went, "Whoa, hallelujah. <laughs> she said, hallelujah. I got it too. <laughs> being thankful, being appreciative. It's God's will for you and I tonight to be thankful. Let me say this. A lot of people say, man, I want God to show me his will. I want God to show me his will. Listen, if we're not living up to the will of God that we already know to do, he's not obligated to give us any more information. I believe if you're doing what is God's will for every believer, reading the Bible, going to church, praying, giving your tithes, loving God, living right, I believe when you're doing that will of God, then God will lead you into other areas of your life to show you what you need to do. It is God's will for us tonight to be a thankful Christian. I want you to come back to the book of Ephesians now, chapter number five. Ephesians chapter number five, and the key verse, of course, is verse number 18. Ephesians 5, 18, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Here in that one verse is what I call a negative and a positive command. And notice the analogy that he uses. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And it's drawing a comparison as wine is a substance that controls a drunken man. So the spirit of God controls a field man. I, I know people that are totally different when they're intoxicated. Most people when they're intoxicated they're either real happy or they'll fight a soul But it's that it's that force that's controlling them. It's that substance that that moment that is bigger than them. And Paul said, don't let wine control you. Don't let strong drink control you, but rather let the spirit of God control you. A man that's intoxicated by wine, that strong drink affects the way he talks, the way he walks, and the way he acts. And here he says, don't be intoxicated and controlled by a substance like wine, but rather, on the other hand, in a positive way, be filled, controlled by the Holy Spirit. I've heard people say all the time, oh, so-and-so was a good man. He didn't mean to do that. That was that liquor in him. In other words, that liquor in him made him do something that was against his nature. By the way, there's nothing natural about you and I wanting to go to church, read the Bible, and serve God and do right. But boy, when the Spirit of God is leading us and controlling us and motivating us, we do what is not natural to us. And as that drunken man follows his drink, so the Christian follows the moving and the leading of the Spirit of God. I'm glad the Bible teaches there is one faith, there is one Lord, there is one baptism, but there are many, many fillings of the Holy Spirit. Now he talks about being filled with the Spirit and then he gives the results of being filled with the Spirit. What is the first result? Look in verse number 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Someone that is filled and controlled by the Spirit will have some joy, Amen. some gladness. They'll have a song. I mean, we're not saved by feelings, but man, I'd hate to never feel the joy and the gladness and the goodness of God. Let me say this tonight. All of us are human. And all of us have our hangups. There's something wrong with all of us. But someone who is habitually hateful and mean, I don't believe they're controlled by the Holy Spirit. It seems like the Holy Spirit would lead you to be nice once in a while. I don't have any friends. I had a fellow at church one time and said, Nobody likes me. I said, You look like you hate everybody. Joy. Man, the Spirit of God produces joy. There's a song in our heart. Sing it and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You say, Brother Joe, they never asked me to sing, and nobody enjoys my singing. You're not singing to them. Help yourself and sing to the Lord. Sing it and making melody. It is a result of being filled with the Spirit. Someone who's filled with God's Spirit has joy, they have a song. But notice the second result, verse 20, our text. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know one of the results of being filled with the Spirit? Thankfulness. The Spirit of God produces thankfulness. So therefore being thankful is not only the will of God but being thankful is a sign and a fruit and an evidence of being filled with the Spirit of God. Oh, yes. The Holy Ghost in you produces gratitude and thankfulness. i want ask your question tonight and you play along with me and I'm not trying to trap you. It's an honest question. How many believes tonight that a person has to realize they're lost before they'll ever be saved. We all believe that. Now, what brings somebody to that place where they realize they're lost? The conviction of the Holy Spirit. And what happens when a person is really convicted by the Spirit of God? They realize they're the sinner, he's the savior. They realize that they can't save themselves and they need God. I'm going somewhere. Now if that's what it takes to be truly saved, how in the world can anybody that's ever been brought to the end of themselves where they realize they're lost and they need a Savior and they're the sinner and Christ is the Savior, how can someone who's been brought to a place like that ever be proud? and arrogant and holier than thou and condescending and they have their nose stuck so far up in the air that if it came five drops of rain, they were drowned. And brother, if you don't believe some people are great, you ask them, they'll tell you. There are people that are legends in their own time and there are people that are legends in their own mind and they're haughty and they're arrogant. I don't believe they've ever met God. I do know this. if If you're a preacher here tonight and the Holy Spirit has ever anointed you just once to preach a message just once under the power of the Holy Spirit, you know right then it ain't you, it's all of him. And Therefore, I don't understand how some preachers could be arrogant and condescending and prideful and mean because if we've ever been to the place where we realize we're nothing and God is everything, that leaves no room for pride and arrogance because the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost of God will not make anybody a mean, rude, crude dude in a bad mood. It'll produce gratitude and thankfulness. I believe people that are habitually hateful and unthankful and arrogant and proud and just right on mean, I believe they need another encounter of God's amazing grace because the spirit of God will never lead me to be arrogant to you. The Spirit of God will never lead me to be condescending to you. The Spirit of God will never lead me to think I'm better than anybody else. In fact, here's how the Spirit of God leads a man like it did Paul. I'm not just a sinner, I'm the chief of all the sinners. The Spirit of God produces thankfulness. Tonight, if you're filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit, there'll be that spirit of gratitude. Being thankful is not only the will of God, but it is a sign, it is a mark, it is a evidence of being filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. I want you to come to one more place tonight, turn back over one book to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter number four. The first of course, verse, number four, is the key to the whole chapter. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. And Paul here is writing from a prison, telling God's people they can have victory and joy in the midst of circumstances. And then he tells us some things that will help them have that joy. Notice what he said in verse number six: Be careful for nothing. But in everything, say it with me, by what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. So therefore, being thankful is not only God's will for my life. Being thankful is not only the evidence of being controlled by the Holy Spirit in my life. But thankfulness and thanksgiving is a key to get my prayers answered from God. Not just prayer, but prayer with thanksgiving. See if I can illustrate this. You wouldn't believe this, but I was raised in a cultured family. My mama and daddy had rules, especially coming to the table. We couldn't come to the table and eat barefooted. We couldn't come to the table and eat with our shirt off. Especially my sisters, you'll get it after a while. And we couldn't come to the table with our hat on our head. And we couldn't play at the table and laugh and joke at the table. We just could not do it. I mean, listen, going to the table was about like going to church. And I remember sitting there one night for supper and I looked at my mother, I said, pass the potatoes, please. And I thought that sounded nice, you know, pass the potatoes, please. And my mother said, no, that's not how we say that. You say, thank you for the potatoes. Now, I don't know what kind of mom and daddy you had, but if I wanted to discuss something, I had to be real careful for them not to think I was being smart. So I always had to preface it like this. I'm not being smart now, but I want to ask questions. I'm telling you, my daddy, let me know no hands down. Boy, I love your mama more than I love you. I knew her for I knew you. And when you're out of this house, I still gotta live with her. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Sass my mother, my daddy would have slapped me so hard you'd have thought their liberty bell cracked again. If you'd have made fun of something your mama fixed You'd stand up, meet supper and breakfast and dinner So I said, wait a minute, I'm not being smart But I got a question I said, mom, you pass it And then when I get it Then I'll say, thank you She said, you'll not get it that way She said, if you'll thank me in advance You'll get it a lot quicker and a lot nicer. And then she has to quote the Bible. She said, honey, when you're the only boy, you get called honey a lot. When you're the only grandson, you really, I mean, if you smell anything, man, it is me. I'm spoiled rotten. And she said, Now, honey, you know the Bible said with prayer and thanksgiving. Oh, she was doing more than trying to teach me table manners. She was teaching me something about prayer. Prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. Because have you ever thought about this? Whether God answers the prayer or not, he's still God. Whether he gives you what you desire or not, he's still God. And brother, we thank him not for what he does, but we thank him for who he is with prayer and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. I I believe a lot of times we pray like this. Lord, do so and so and I'll praise you. Lord, supply so and so and I'll praise you. God, move this mountain. Supply this need. Save this person and I'll thank you. And God is saying, why don't you praise me up front and why don't you thank me up front and why don't you worship me up front because if God never does another thing but save us that's enough to thank him for Prayer With thanksgiving Let your request Be made known unto God I used to love to hear my hero Mays Jackson tell this Brother Mays Said he went down to the university Actually it's North Carolina State University at Raleigh and That's where he was Saved in dormitory D. May said, I was in the wolf pack and God saved me and I got in the lambs club. <laughs> and he said, boy, they found out he came from an old-fashioned praying mama and shouting daddy home. He said, they were determined to change my mind. He said, but mama got a hold of me. A long time before the professor did. He said, one night his daddy came in from work And said he looked at his wife and said, what's for supper? And she looked at Mays Jackson's daddy with the tear in her eye and said, we don't have any. Said, we don't have anything. I fixed everything we have this morning. We don't have anything for supper. And Brother Mays said his daddy said, well, what are we going to do? And she said to Mays and his brother, let's set the table. What? Let's set the table. We set everybody a plate. Put everybody out a napkin, a spoon, and a fork, and a knife, and a glass. And so when we got the table set, he said, Mama, what are we going to do now? She said, Everybody take their place. And everybody had their place. And they sat down the empty cups and empty forks and empty glasses. And he said, What are we going to do now? She said, We're going to say the blessing." He said, do what? He said, she said, we're gonna say the blessing, maze. We're gonna thank God for our food. We're gonna thank God for how good God's been to us. And he said, I'm scratching my head and figuring, and he knew better to talk back, and he's scratching, what's going on? And he said, and we joined hands, and my daddy led us in prayer. And he said, oh, Lord, we want to thank you for being good to us today, and thank you for my wife and children, and thank you for the family, and thank you for the food that we're about to eat. Amen. And Brother May said, I did what the Bible said. I watch and pray. That's when you open one eye. He said, I opened one eye and looked at the empty plate and said, daddy said it again. And Lord, we wanna thank you for the food we're about to eat. In Jesus' name, amen. And he said, as soon as daddy said Jesus' name, amen. Immediately, I came a knock at the door. He said, Mays, go see who's at the door. And Mays opened the door and I stood a man a crying, a deacon from that little Baptist church in Innocentville they went to. He said, oh, young and swallow ago, me and my wife was getting ready to eat and the Holy Ghost told me y'all didn't have anything to eat and I got a box of groceries here. Mays said, praise God, we had us a time. He hadn't got saved yet. He stood just a lost teenage boy. He graduated from high school, went down to Raleigh, got in the Wolfpack. He said, my first day in class, the professor got up and said, now, I understand that some of you boys are from up here in the mountains and you come from these religious families. I'm coming to tell you by the time you get out of my class, I'll have you convinced that there is no God and the Bible is not true and prayer is a waste of time. He said, I shot my hand up. He said, yes, sir, Mr. Jackson, do you have a question? He said, well, I kind of do. If God is not real, and the Bible's not true and prayer's a waste of time. Who was it that brought groceries to our house when we prayed over food we didn't have? He said, "Sir, I'm not a Christian myself but you've waited too late to tell me that God is not real and the Bible's not true and prayer is a waste of time and aren't you glad in the society that we live in? Hey, God is real. And the Bible is true. And prayer is not a waste of time. And with prayer and thanksgiving, prayer and thanksgiving, we just go ahead and thank him. We thank him in advance. Because God honors that spirit of gratitude and thankfulness. So being thankful is God's will for our life. Being thankful is the result of being filled with the spirit. And being thankful is the key to getting our prayers answered. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. And all of you tonight's got illustrations of your own of prayers that God has answered and needs that God has met and storms that God has steeled and problems that God has conquered. And I'm glad tonight with prayer and thanksgiving We let our request be made known unto God. Let me say this tonight. Sometimes, sometimes, you really don't know how to be thankful for something until you no longer have it. Then you look back over your life and say, oh boy, I've missed it. I want to encourage all of you young people tonight. You got a good mom and you got a good dad man don't take that for granted right. my daddy passed away Friday after Thanksgiving back in 2008 I preached her on Wednesday night at Thanksgiving with them on Thursday and my little daddy went to heaven on Friday and I'm glad he's in heaven but boy I miss him I look back over my life and boy there's times I took that for granted sometimes you look back over your life and you wake up one day and all of a sudden you're hurt everywhere and you can't see and your hair falls out and you break a tooth and you realize that all them old people you made fun of, they wasn't lying when they said they felt bad. <laughs> when they were moaning and groaning and walking around and you made fun of them, they wasn't just funny, they was really hurting. Well, you look back over your life and the little simple things you took for granted. Some of the people I've pastored the last couple of years have gone through some terrible sickness. We got several of our good men no longer able to come to church and they sit at home and cry. They want to go so bad, but they can't. I'm just saying don't wait too late to be thankful. Thank him for the good things. Thank him for the wonderful things. And even things that are hard and we don't understand we still thank the Lord because he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Being thankful is God's will. Being thankful is a sign of being filled with the spirit and being thankful is a key to answered prayer. May we not be like those lepers tonight, but may we have an attitude of gratitude and be thankful to God for his goodness. Not long ago, I was in Mount Airy. Now, you know that's Mayberry. And I was walking down the street. If you've ever been to Snappy Lunch, pork chop sandwich with chili and slaw. Now, only in North Carolina would they feed you something like that. (laughs) Alabama, they wouldn't even think about eating nothing like that. And Right beside a Snappy Lunch is a little music store. And I love guitars and stuff and so I went in looking at all the pretty guitars and there was a man sitting behind there in his 80s. He said, pick one up, son, and see if you like it. I said, I'm afraid I like it and you'll sell it to me. He said, well, I'm not in this business for free. <laughs> and we got to talking a little bit and he said, hello, I'm James Easter. I said, Mr. Easter, You wrote, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me in 1974. He said, I sure did. Me and my brothers together. I said, I know, man. I said, I grew up singing that song. I've never met you before, but you're kind of like one of my heroes, man. He said, give me that guitar. I'll sing it for you. Boy, he grabbed that guitar in that music store. The man that wrote the song began to sing. As the world looks upon you as I struggle along. They say I have nothing, but they are so wrong. He said, i tell you how I got the idea for that song. I said, no, sir, tell me. He said, I was a safe cracker and I was in prison for robbery and I was facing a 50-year sentence. And said, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he said, the jailer come to my cell and said, Easter, the warden wants to see you. And man, on my way to the warden's office, I'm thinking, oh Lord, I've done something he's gonna tack on another 50 years. He said, I walked in that warden's office. It's Mr. Easter. They don't ask any questions. I don't understand it any more than you do, but I got a letter here from the governor of the state of North Carolina saying, you have a full pardon. Yeah. Woo! Woo! He said, I got out of there and I went home to my mama's and daddy's and I laid down in that bed. And he said, I looked up and I said, oh God, they've told me about you. They've sung about you. They've preached to me about you. You gotta be real. Save me. And God saved him he said lay him there in that bed I just begin to say over and over again thank you Lord for your blessings on me thank you Lord for your blessings on me and one day he shared that story with with his other brother Ed and and, uh, they began to think about the blessings of God and they put their hearts and minds together and came up with I know I'm not wealthy and these clothes are not new I don't have much money but Lord I have you and to me that's all that matters though the world cannot see. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. There's a roof up above me. I've got a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. And you gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. He got the squalling, and I got the squalling. He's Pentecostal, so he had him a Pentecostal spell, and I'm Baptist, and I had me a Pentecostal spell. I'm glad tonight. Thankfulness. Thank you, Lord. Have you ever just looked up and said, thank you, Lord. Try that one time. You ready? Thank you, Lord. One Don't that feel good? Thank you, Lord. Now turn the person beside you and say, I'm not talking to you. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Try that again. Thank you, Lord. Try that again. Thank you. You say, I don't feel like doing that. You do that two or three times and you'll get the feeling like it. It's God's will. It's a sign of being filled with the Spirit and it's the key to answered prayer. Man, won't we sing a little bit of that? There's a roof up above me. I've a good place to sleep. There's food on my table. And shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord. And a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. There's a roof up above me. I've a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Here's why. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. God answers prayer. God answers prayer God answers prayer He's so good to me He saved my soul He saved my soul He saved my soul He He Save my soul is so good too. Let's sing that one more time. That course, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He is so good to me. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for the Bible. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for salvation through the blood of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for our time to come together to publicly and collectively with the church to say thank you, Lord. And Lord, may we be reminded that a spirit of gratitude pleases you. So help us tonight, Lord, to be a thankful Christian. And we'll love you tonight and we'll give you the glory. And we thank you, in Jesus' name.
1: Stand tonight with our heads bowed while the pianist plays and folks are already making their way down the altar tonight. You know, maybe tonight you just need to slip out to an old-fashioned altar and just say thank you, Lord, for something. Maybe tonight the Lord reminded you of something while a preacher was preaching tonight. And you can definitely say thank you in the pew in the seat where you're at, but maybe tonight God would just lay it upon your heart to tiptoe down at this altar this evening and just bow before Him and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My, oh, my. What a great reminder tonight that God is so good to us. God's so good. We're going to pause just a little bit. The altar's filled tonight. Maybe there's others that ought to to come. You're here this evening. You say, Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. Oh, I want to tell you, the night before Thanksgiving is a great night to get saved. And if you're here this evening and you don't know that you know that you know that you're saved, why don't you come right now Why don't you come? We'd love to take the Bible and show you how you can know that you have a home in heaven. Would you come tonight while we wait? Would you come? Man, God's been good to us. So good to us. Maybe you're here this evening and you've been taking it for granted. Tonight you'd come and just say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for taking the blessings of God for granted. Thank you for the reminder tonight, God. You've been so good to me. What about it? What about it, David? We're not listen. Preacher didn't preach long. We're not in a hurry tonight. Would you come this evening?